Well, hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Podcasting for Educators. You are in for a treat today because I am joined by Genevieve Christensen, and we are chatting about one of my very favorite topics, which is podcast guesting. You may have heard me touch on this a little bit in previous episodes because it is one of my very favorite strategies to use with clients as a way to grow their podcast audience. But a really great thing about using podcast guesting as a visibility strategy is that you don't have to have your own podcast to guest on other podcasts. Genevieve and I both went through the same online course and training back when we first started our online businesses. And recently on Instagram, I noticed that she offers podcast pitching as one of her main marketing services for her clients. So I knew I needed to have her on so that we could really dive into all things podcast guesting and podcast pitching. Genevieve is a former nonprofit marketing director turned freelancer. She specializes in marketing and content frameworks, email marketing, and podcast pitching. After launching Neon Soul Marketing in 2019, she's worked with a variety of industries, including teacher entrepreneurs, coaches, course creators, influencers, and other service providers. When she's not diving into the latest visibility strategy for online business owners, she spends most of her time chasing after two kids and a golden retriever, planning mountain vacations with her husband, and enjoying a good Bravo show with a glass of Chardonnay. Genevieve and I found out that we actually only live about 40-ish minutes away from each other, so I think that one night I will have to join you for that Bravo show and glass of wine. So in today's conversation, Genevieve and I dive into why podcast pitching is such a great visibility strategy in 2022, why it's a low investment and a high return on your time, how it can help you create really great, genuine connections, ways to get easy yeses from a podcast host, and then different parts of the podcast pitching process. All right, let's go meet Genevieve. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators, the podcast that helps TPT authors and other online educators launch and grow their show. I'm Sarah, former elementary school teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm on a mission to help you get your podcast out and into the ears of those who need it most. Busy teachers, counselors, literacy specialists, SLPs, parents, and everyone in between. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and podcast industry updates so that you can be on top of your podcasting game and gain some new customers along the way. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Welcome to the show, Genevieve. I'm so happy to have you here. I thought that we could get started by hearing a little bit about your marketing background and what you do now, how you transitioned into what you're currently doing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, Sarah. I am excited to be here. I have been in marketing, public relations, client relations, almost my entire professional career after college. And I've worked in a variety of industries, everything from tax consultants to I actually worked for Girl Scouts for a time. And so... Yeah. So I've been around the marketing world for, gosh, probably 
10, 15 years now. And so when I became a stay-at-home mom, I really wanted to start something for just me and to, you know, kind of have my own thing again. I missed working. And so I started my my marketing agency. And that's kind of how I got here today. <laughs> and I just use a lot of the foundational aspects from my corporate and my nonprofit career and kind of translated those over into more of the digital marketing space. So yeah, that's kind of how I ended up right where I am now. <laughs> There's yeah, a couple other bumps along the way, but <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. But I love when you're able to kind of take the skills that you were using in your previous job and use those in building your online business. So that is awesome. Yeah. So we are diving into all things podcast guesting and podcast pitching today. I'm so excited to talk with you. We were just talking yeah. a little bit before we got on that we really feel like this is a much needed there's a lot of room for growth in the TPT space. A lot of people are not guesting on podcasts as much as you have the opportunity to. So can you tell us a little bit about your opinion on why podcast guesting is such a good visibility strategy in 2022? Absolutely. So I started off when, when I started my business, I really dove into the TPT world it was a little bit by design, a little bit happenstance. And so, and I fell in love with it. Like the, the TPT and the teacher entrepreneur world is just full of so much potential and I love it. And really when I started to see when I was working with several of my initial clients is that the old marketing strategies were really not serving them well anymore. And a lot of that included, you know, just kind of stagnant posts on Instagram, utilizing, you know, some advertisement that wasn't really giving them a return on their investment. And one thing that I started doing a lot with my clients was really trying to help them find more ROI friendly ways to spend their time in order to, you know, make their marketing do something for them, have that return on investment and have it come back to you as a sale. And so there's a lot of ways to do that. But one of my favorite ways is podcast guesting, because it is such an untapped market right now. Podcasts are listened to in almost 80% of American households, right? So like it is an insane amount of people that listen to podcasts on a weekly basis, whether you're doing what I do and, you know, kind of like doing the dishes and have your earbuds in, or you're driving to school or to work, or you're on a walk, whatever the case may be, like people just listen to podcasts all the time now. And this visibility strategy is so key for TPT entrepreneurs, as well as many other types of entrepreneurs, but specifically for TPT, because it really helps set you apart, right? It really helps give you that visible strategy of what are you providing to your, your customers that maybe some of your competitors don't provide. It gives you that opportunity to walk them through that. 
I completely agree with everything that you just said. I think it is such an untapped market. And I speak a lot on that in terms of starting podcasts in the TPT space because there really is so much potential and room for growth. And the biggest reason is that it does set you apart. I know there's a lot of competition in the TPT world, especially on Instagram and of course on TPT itself with your blogs and starting a podcast or guesting on a podcast is really what's going to set you apart because there's probably, it's very likely that not that many other people in your specific niche are doing that. So I completely agree. I love all the points that you just made. So tell us a little bit about how you can provide real value and create connections through podcast guesting. Cause that's definitely yeah. two of the biggest benefits. So when you are podcast guesting, what you really want to do is you want to find some really wonderful complimentary podcasts to your own business, right? So this is just an example, but if you are, let's say a lower elementary math teacher, right? So if you're like K through two elementary math teacher and you have products that you're selling on TPT, looking for a general elementary podcast is a great place for you to go and for you to really hone in on your math skills as far as your products, right? So you can go on there and you can talk to that podcast host audience. You can really walk them through providing them high touch value by saying, here is what I have done. This is what works for me. And then that really builds that know, like, and trust with those podcast hosts and their audiences. And so what it will do is it will really create this expertise that surrounds you and your products. Um, So you can absolutely talk about different aspects of your methodology. You know, if you have a specific way that you like to build your products, or even if you're a TPT or a teacher entrepreneur selling something else besides just products, you really are going to have your own unique spin on it. And helping individuals kind of hear that aspect of your business will really help them say, okay, I love this aspect of her business or her products. I'm going to start applying that to what I do. And they're going to have that aha moment so that, again, that's going to set you up to be that industry type of expert versus kind of just being, you know, kind of a best kept secret. Yeah, totally. And it's kind of like your, I love the example that you gave with the math teacher and then going on as a guest for a general elementary teacher podcast that has maybe teachers in the audience who teach all subjects. And so bringing on these different specialists that specialize in specific content areas, that's a perfect match. And they're borrowing the audience of that podcast host. And then If they are getting value from that episode, I know when I listen to a guest interview podcast and there's a guest on that I really love what they're saying, the first thing I do is I go and I follow them on Instagram and I start to learn more about them. And that's kind of how you can get people to enter, you know, your world and, and eventually hopefully your sales funnel. So those are great examples. I have a client who works with beginning elementary teachers. So brand new teachers, like in their first through third year of teaching. And so 
any kind of content specialist or even school counselors, uh, music teachers could come on and talk about ways that they can collaborate with the classroom teacher. Like there's so much potential there. There really is. And it, it helps. It really helps you grow your audience organically in a way that so many people aren't doing right now. Right. So you are filling up your audience with perfect ideal clients. And so that is a really amazing thing about podcast guesting because you're taking the best pool of potential clients and you're narrowing it down into people who are the perfect people to benefit from your product. Yeah, absolutely. And the great thing is that podcast episodes are evergreen. So you could go on as a guest in February of 2022, and somebody could listen to your episode a year later and find out about you. So it's like this ongoing free exposure, which is amazing, (laughs) but it does take time to do it right. It takes time to find the right shows and make sure that you're reaching out to the right fit podcast hosts and that you're doing it well, and that you're doing it from a place of service and a place of value. So what are some ways that guests can get, if they want to pitch themselves to a podcast host, what are some ways that they can get an easy yes from the podcast host? Okay. So I have two favorite ways to get an easy yes yes from the host. First, you want to show the host that you've actually done your research, right? You do not want to be like blind pitching every single podcast host you've ever come across and saying, Hey, I want to be a guest, right? You want to show that your expertise is going to serve their audience. And so that is really the first way to capture a host's attention is to say, I know you, I know your audience. Here is what, you know, me as the expert I can do for your audience. And the second thing is to really choose. It's kind of like I guess one B. The second thing is to really choose a topic that is going to align with their audience's needs. So that could be like, if you see within their content, like that they're focusing a lot on one specific subject or one type of topic, you could really come in there and you can say, Hey, look, I know we've talked about this one topic. I really have some expertise on this, let me come in and let me take it a step further for you. Let me really educate your audience on this topic. And that really shows the host, okay, they're here to serve, provide value. They don't just want to piggyback off of my audience, right? So those are really my two biggest ways is to show you've done your research and to choose a topic that aligns with their audience's needs. And both of those things, again, is going to be coming from a place of service and value. And that's going to make it so much better for the host to be able to like, yes, like I want this person to be in my audience's world because I'm sure you can vouch for this, but podcast hosts are very protective of their people. And so yeah, you do not want to seem <laughs> like you are coming in as someone who just wants the exposure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I. Completely agree. As a podcast host, as somebody who works with podcast hosts, you want to make sure that every episode that you're putting out is going to be helpful and going to be valuable and make people want to come back for more. And you don't, you don't want to waste your time with 
with an episode that you go and record and you're like, oh, why did I do this? Because that's a terrible feeling. (laughs) Yes. So how can you give us like, can you give us an example of how you can, so if you were to pitch a podcast host via email or via DM on Instagram, and I'd love to know your opinion on that too, but how could you make it sound like you are being genuine? I think sometimes like I know, you know, the, the general line might be, I love your podcast. And like, they don't even say the name of the podcast. And it's just very clear that they're like copying and pasting the same pitch over and over and over again. Can you give us any examples of maybe like some helpful wording that shows that you're being genuine and you really are coming from a place of value? Absolutely. I think first and foremost, like if you're coming from that place, most of the time your words are going to, you know, reflect that. But one thing that I always do for my clients and that I recommend for people to do is go listen to an episode or two from recent weeks. You don't have to sit and you don't have to listen to their entire podcast library before you pitch somebody, but listen to a recent episode, listen to something that really stands out to you. And then when you're doing a pitch, you can reference that specific episode. You can say, Hey, I really loved your episode on, let's say managing up to your principal during, you know, the pandemic or something. I'm completely spitballing here, but something that really helped you personally take that information and actually go apply it that's a really great way to not only like have like an icebreaker paragraph, right? Like, Hey, I loved this episode and here's why. But also again, it gives that host that sense of, okay, like they're coming from a place of value and service. They don't just want to, to use my audience. And so that is a really great starter to a pitch is to really kind of connect with something that they have recently done. And if it's something from you know, many, many weeks ago, reference that too. And so it doesn't have to be their latest episode, just something that speaks to you as a business owner or as a teacher. That's a fantastic way to break the ice. Yeah, that's great. Connection, that connection piece is so, so important. So kind of piggybacking off of that, since we're talking about the actual pitch, what are the main parts of the pitching process that will help you really nail this visibility strategy? Yeah. So there's, everybody's going to have a little bit of a different spin on, let's say, introducing yourself and like what they want to include about themselves in the pitch. But one thing I'll say before I go into like specific tactical advice on what your pitch should include is always make your pitch not about you, right? It's about the listeners. And so You don't need to have this crazy long bio. Um, You don't have to give them this entire backstory of what qualifies you to talk on this topic. Really, you want to make it, again, value-based. So make it about the listeners. And there's definitely ways that you can intertwine that into your entire pitch. But when you're actually preparing a pitch... What you want to do is you want to have that topic that we talked about earlier that aligns with their audience. And I typically recommend one topic just to make it easy for the host, you know, kind of like, you don't want to give them analysis paralysis, right? So totally. (laughs) And I like to think about it as like, 
you're almost like giving them the title of the, a possible title for the episode. Like you're taking the work away from them. (laughs) (laughs) So that's actually my step one is to give them a sample podcast title. (laughs) Perfect. That's step one of your actual pitch, right? So we've introduced ourselves. We've said what we love about their podcast and now we're actually in the pitch. And so the first one I like to do is a sample podcast title. Doesn't have to be what the podcast hosts use. They could completely scrap it, but it will show that you are really here to make life easy for them, right? You really want them to, again, to say yes to you. So give them a sample. The second part of a pitch is really going to be telling them which part of their audience this topic is for. So if they're, you know, let's say a larger TPT seller, they're a larger teacher entrepreneur, and they have a really broad audience, not every topic is going to speak to every single person in that audience. But what you want to do is you want to show them, hey, this topic is great for this part of your audience. So like for me and you, for instance, right? This topic that I'm presenting on today is great for the part of your audience that really wants to grow their visibility through podcast guesting. It may not apply to absolutely everybody, but that's okay because one, it'll speak to the to your listeners that are falling in that category. And two, at some other point in time, all those other listeners, they may fall in this category eventually as well, right? So you want to show the host, here's the part of your audience that I'm really, really speaking to. And then the third part of your pitch is going to be talking points. So give your host some ideas on what to talk about, right? So if you're, again, we'll go back to that elementary math subject. If you're an early elementary math teacher, tell them what you want to talk about, right? There's a million and one things you could talk about. So give them those talking points and help them start their wheels turning. And then the fourth thing that I love to do is tell them what their listeners are going to walk away with. So again, for instance, today, this particular podcast episode, my hope is that your listeners walk away with an understanding of what podcast guesting is and how they can utilize it inside their own business. So helping a podcast host really understand what benefit the listeners are getting from the episode is a huge part of your pitch. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this. And I, I just think all four of those parts are probably things that a lot of people are not thinking about with their pitch. Going back to just that, the very beginning of your pitch, like you really do kind of have to just put your ego aside and make it about the audience. I know that there's probably, you've probably got this amazing bio and you've probably accomplished so many things and you have this huge audience and all of that, which is great, but you can, you can kind of get into details about that. Once people have connected with you after the interview, this piece is really about getting yourself on the show, showing what your audience is going to walk away with. I love that last piece, especially making sure that the host knows, Hey, this is what your audience is going to learn. They're going to walk away. And after that episode is done, feeling like they learned something, feeling like they've been helped. So I love that. Now, what are your feelings on one sheets? Do you use those for your clients? I do. And a one sheet, you know, really just gives a host. Sometimes hosts have their own process, right? And you want to be able to cover just the entire field of their process. 
Sometimes hosts could not care less about a one-sheeter, but sometimes they want to look at it. They want to see what you're about. Maybe they don't know you very well, and that's just part of their process. Or maybe they have someone who helps them with their guest management, and maybe they want that individual to kind of go through everything and see who is going to be a good fit and who's not. And so, yeah, I think a one-sheeter is a great asset to have. It doesn't take a ton of time to create. You know, you can go to Canva and you can look up like media kits, and that's a really easy place to start putting together just some general information about yourself so that podcast hosts know who you are. Do I think it's an absolute necessity? No, but I do think it's nice to have just so that if that's part of the host process, they can have that and they can look at it if they want. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. So say that you are following this process, you've sent your pitch and it's crickets and you don't hear anything. Does that mean that you should just throw in the towel and say, oh, that's a no, I didn't get accepted? (laughs) No, I hope not because pitching is, you know, this is an earned media route. Okay. So there's paid media, there's your own media right? Your blog, your YouTube, whatever other type of content you own. And then there's earned media, right? So earned media is basically, it can be podcast guesting. It can be, you know, articles in publications, anything like that is going to be considered earned. And when you are earning media, you have to follow up. It's part of just general public relations. Yes. So you absolutely should be following up. People will appreciate it so much because if it's a no, more likely than not, they're going to respond to you and be like, I'm sorry, I'm full for you know the next several months or um, whatever the case may be. But if you follow up, you're going to give them that reminder that, hey, this person really is you know a great fit for my podcast. So typically I follow like a 222 follow-up schedule. So I do, I follow up two weeks after I send my initial pitch two weeks after that. And then I'll do like two months after that last one. So that's kind of where I lay out my follow-up schedule because I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to bombard them, but I also want to remind them. And sometimes people go through busy seasons. So that two, two, two schedule really helps kind of go across the board and across a few seasons. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's super helpful to know that that's how you do your follow-ups. And I think it's important with the listeners that we're talking to in this teacherpreneur space, a lot of the people who do have podcasts are still in the classroom. And so, I mean, they're really going through it this year, really the past few years. And they are, I mean, I'm always amazed when people are doing a podcast as well as being in the classroom. So they are so busy that you really will need to plan on doing these follow-ups because they might just not have time to check their email. And if you get a, you know, we're full this season or we don't really have space right now, like some people will actually respond and say, can you circle back to us in six months, put that track that and keep that and actually do go back and, and follow back up at that time. Because sometimes people are just, you know, you don't want to get too ahead with your podcast. And if people batch their episodes, they really might just be full. So it's not necessarily a no, it's just a not right now. Absolutely. Yeah. This has been so great. You've given us so many amazing tips. Is there anything 
like last words, last pieces of advice that you would like to give that we haven't covered? Yeah, I think if you want to try podcast guesting, I really encourage you to give it a shot. It is a low investment and a high return strategy. As a podcast guest, unless you also are hosting, there is really not a whole lot of work that is going to go in on the back end of this. And so it doesn't have to be this very overwhelming process for you. You can really get started with not a ton of time, right? Do uh, two pitches a week if you want to start this. And that is really going to help set you up for long-term success because you are going to get some no's or you're going to get ghosted, right? But if you are consistent and even if you have very manageable amount of pitching that you want to do per week or per month, you could really have this amazing high return on your organic audience growth. And it really all boils down to coming out with wonderful value-driven content and then serving the host listeners. And at the end of the day, it's a great way to get your voice and to get your products and your business out there without putting in a ton of investment up front. And then from there, you can see how you like it and really <laughs> amp up your pitching and, and reap the rewards of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I've heard of so many people say that they decided to start their own podcast after they've guessed it on podcast because they see how much fun it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a gateway for sure. It is. It totally is. And it's like, it's just such a great way to meet new people and make connections. And it's just this endless cycle. I, I just think it's, it's such a good strategy. And I really like the idea of setting a goal for yourself to get started. Like just dip your toes in the two pitches a week or two pitches a month, like whatever feels doable to you, start out small, try it out, see how you like it and grow from there. Just like with everything else in business. Now, like you said, go into it, expecting to get some no's and it's okay. It's not anything against you. I will say that the no rate is definitely higher when you're pitching yourself versus if you're a podcast host and you're asking people to come onto your podcast, everybody wants to be on podcasts. So usually that yes rate is very high. Do you know, like approximately like say, you know, I like to, I don't know if you send out five pitches, what do you typically see as the no versus yes rate? So I think a general rule of thumb is 30 to 40% are going to get accepted. So yeah. And, and I think that that is really a great percentage rate right there. And the reason for that is because you want to, if you're really going to dive into some strategy aspects of it, you want to pitch a really wide range of podcasts with, you know, a, some with lower numbers of downloads, some with higher numbers of downloads. And having that range is really going to put you in, we'll say like a 30 to 40% acceptance rate. If you're getting, all knows you might be pitching podcasts that, you know, maybe you're not quite there yet. Or if you're getting all yeses, maybe you should look into getting some more podcasts that have, you know, a little bit of a higher download rate. That's really diving into the strategy. Um, you don't have to start there by any means. You could really just start pitching podcasts that you either love or you know the hosts. You can start there. That is perfectly okay. But yes, I would say. That 30 to 40% range is, is about average. 
Yeah, that's that's what I see as well. That's what I was thinking. I I just think that that's so important to not just, I mean, I always use Amy Porterfield as an example, yes. right? Like, of course, we would all love to be a guest on Amy Porterfield's podcast, but, and go for it. Like some people will surprise you. You really never know, especially if you have a really great strategic pitch. Um, so go for it. Absolutely. Go for those big shows, but you need to sprinkle in, you know, a mix of of the larger shows and, and the newer shows. And just because a show is new and maybe the host doesn't have a huge Instagram audience, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't go for it, especially with new podcasts, you know, a year from now, they could have a huge audience. So you never know where that podcast is going to end up. So I say, go for, go for a mix. Yeah. It's all about what the audience needs and and what type of clients are inside of that audience, right? So you could, yes, you could be on Amy Porterfield's podcast, but if only 1% of her audience is going to be applicable to what you're talking about, it's not going to be as effective as a smaller podcast where let's say 75% of the audience is really going to connect with what you have to say. So definitely look at a range of podcasts in that aspect. Yeah, totally. Those sometimes those smaller, more niche podcasts are really the ones that have the most engaged audiences. Yes. So yeah. Awesome, Genevieve. This has been Yay. so wonderful. Can you tell people just like what kind of services you offer and where they can find you if they want to connect with you? Absolutely. So I obviously offer podcast pitching as a service. I do it as a monthly retainer and I also do um, in that more of a VIP day format. And I do a lot of marketing and content strategies as well. And so those are really my two main services. And then they can, they can find me, you know, if you have any questions, I'm always on Instagram. I'm at neonsoulmarketing. Uh, well, not .com, neonsoulmarketing, <laughs> but that is my website. You can go check out my website too. So that's just neonsoulmarketing.com, but I'm always on Instagram. So if you have any questions or or want to chat about anything podcast pitching or marketing and content. I am over there all the time. So perfect. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. If you have any questions or takeaways from this episode, send me a message on Instagram at podcasting for educators. I'd love to hear from you. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes at podcastingforeducators.com. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Bye for now.